what's up guys welcome back to another episode of real and ramble your podcast destination for all things conversation i am your host jay it is a lovely wet damp afternoon here on the cool mid-atlantic side of the world uh in the u.s it is fall here um, the leaves are beautifully changing to these golds and reds and yellows, and it is my most very favorite time of the season. Um, there's nothing greater than the leaves changing, and of course, one of my best and most exciting holidays I look forward to is Thanksgiving, um, and that is rolling around in the next few weeks here. Um not sure if Thanksgiving is celebrated globally or not. Um, I'm sure there is a thankful period that everyone gets together and celebrates, um, whether it's um, Christmas or some other high holidays. Um, But Thanksgiving is just a, a fond place in my heart, I suppose, because growing up, you know, all of our family and friends would get together um, we'd have friends giving, you know, in school and things, and then we would have Thanksgiving where you wouldn't see um, cousins and and extended aunties and uncles and uh, family friends who are more like family members themselves. Everyone congregating in one place, just a bunch of good times and laughter and great food and games. Um, so it is just a tremendous part of, um, my childhood memories, this, this joy of Thanksgiving. Um, it is even more special because for me, um, it was a guaranteed time that I was going to see my mom. Um, we did not live together as I was growing up. Um, she had her struggles with alcoholism and she was, you know, working on getting her life together, right? So for the majority of my life, I lived with my second mom, which is my birth mother's sister. Um, so she is my aunt biologically, but she is my mom in all intents and purposes. And she's raised me um, and has been there for me all of my life. Um, so when I was a child, though, I look forward to seeing my birth mom because, like I said, I didn't see her often. Um, And of course, I missed her. And I want to check up on her and make sure she was okay because I felt like I was the mom more so than she was. You know, she never let me see her drunk or uh, messy. And she never got messy, actually, or sloppy drunk. That's one thing I can say about her and that I've heard from a whole bunch of others that, you know, she was not a messy, sloppy drunk. Um, She would get loud. She would get in your face. She would talk a lot of crap, Um, you know, and she could throw down. She could fight. She could hold her own if, you know, she had to. But um, no, she just liked to talk a lot of shit, play some card games, you know, uh, flirt and be sassy and things like that. But she just, you know, liked to drink. And um, it was a big part of her life for, for a long bit. But 
when I did see her, you know, she wouldn't drink, obviously, when she came to the, the get-togethers because it was at my grandparents' house. Um, that's where everyone converged at the grandparents' house, and it would just be full of all the kids and aunts and uncles and things and, you know, everyone moving in their circles and corners, you know, those siblings who, they could be around each other for a little while because it was a holiday, but once things started getting a little too heated or people got a little bit too comfortable, you know, old wounds open, attitudes flare up and drama would ensue. So it was a constant circulation of people moving around throughout the house when they got tired of one person or the other, which I'm sure is every family, right? After a while, especially people you haven't seen in so long, you're like, oh God, that's why I don't come here that much because of this shit right here. <laughs> but, um, Ironically enough, she and my mom, so my mom and my mom, or uh, my mom and my aunt for the purposes of the story, so it's not too confusing, they always butted heads ever since they were young girls. I mean, they would fight nearly to the death. Like, they meant to maim, injure, and, and destroy each other when they would lock horns. Um, I don't know if it's because they were so much alike, um, yet so very different. Right, um, that they would just grind each other's nerves uh, to a breaking point. That the only thing that can be done now is, oh, I see you need to have your ass beat, and then so they would launch into these attacks, and they were brutal with each other. They would grab whatever object was nearest to them and just go to work on the other one. Um, so it was shocking, I think, to a lot of people when uh, my mom was going through her battle of. Uh, alcoholism and trying to get herself together that she chose her sister, um, her younger sister, to take up the care of her her child. Um, but I guess I, I think she probably thought that, you know, if there would be anyone who'd be as similar as her to do what she would want and and be a ferocious fighting force for her kid, it would be her sister. And, um, and that way they were bonded, you know, even tighter through me and that relationship, but that relationship also would create even more fractures and divisions in other ways because, you know, my birth mom would want to have some say so over some of the things I was doing versus my aunt, you know, being the one who's actually parenting and guiding and raising. And, you know, it was one of those like, listen, there cannot be two chefs in the kitchen kind of thing. Like, if I'm here and I'm going to be the guardian and the one in charge and I'm the one in charge. Yeah, you're her mom. And yes, you do have a right to say something, but you just can't just pop in whenever you want and throw around your weight and title of mom and all of that. But you're not here to pitch in and do the work that needs to be done, you know, when it doesn't, you know, suit your, your time frame or benefit you. So when these get togethers would happen at Thanksgiving, um, you know, the sisters would be happy to see each other. Um, they'd be happy to see that I was happy and they tried to be cordial and they'd move around each other and go spend time with the other family there. But eventually something would come up about me or the situation and sometimes my grandparents would just say like a snide comment I guess to my birth mom like oh you know you can come around here now and, and be with the family we're happy to see you but then 
Um, if you're able to do that, then you should be able to take care of your own baby. You know, like one of those, like a little snarky thing that parents say that's unnecessary, you know, and it, I'm sure it's not the very first time she had heard it. So it rubbed her the wrong way. And then of course that would lead to her, uh, releasing her frustration out on my aunt, um, because of it. So yeah, there was always that air of a possibility of a small, um, squirmish, if you will. But still, it was the best holiday ever because like I said, I was excited. I got to see my mom. I got to see my sister who also, my my eldest sister, she did not live with me um, at my aunt. She actually lived with my grandmother um, and she lived with my grandmother long before my mom had a drinking problem or had even started drinking. Um, that's a whole nother story for a different time. But needless to say, uh, that relationship was, <sighs> that was tough. Um, not me and my sister, my birth mom and my eldest sister, uh, they had some long road ahead type situation to, to cross together, um, in order to meet, um, and have a relationship, which they did wind up having, um, as my sister got older and she could understand life and choices and things like that. But, um, there was a lot of contention, a lot of fights between me and my sister about our mom, um, and her situation of her drinking and all of that. Uh, so it's amazing how one person's struggle can impact everybody uh, on so many levels. I mean, you hear about it when you think about these poor families dealing with people with addiction or illness. Um, and it's true. Uh, uh, illness, as my aunt told me, my mom, my second mom, um, she said, illness doesn't just steal from the person who is sick. Illness steals from everybody, everybody who is in the vicinity of that person and who's a part of their life. Um, and she spoke that very freely and, you know, with such uh, personal experience because her mom um, had been ill the majority of her life, her, at, you know, from the time she was a child through adolescence and adulthood. Uh, she was um, sick with uh, lupus Right, so that's an autoimmune disease. Um, and it basically your body is attack, attacking itself, right? It's, it has these flare-ups and things. And um, many times my grandmother faced a potentially uh, death's door. And thankfully she was able to pull, come back from the brink of it. But, you know, the kids growing up, they had to pretty much rear themselves. Their father was working. He was a landscaper, um, and you know, their mom was a nurse, but she couldn't do that anymore because she was sick constantly, like all the time in and out of the hospital for months at a time. Um, so the kids had to, you know, take care of each other. There was seven of them. They had to take care of each other and, um, learn to 
be mom to each other, learn to be dad to each other, learn how to cook and sew and clean and, and get themselves to school and, you know, all those things that most kids don't even have a concept about because they're running around playing and being free and living a child's life. You know, she never had that, nor did my birth mom, you know, so a lot of things were, were stolen from them in their childhood. And I can see how, while I didn't go through what my mom and my aunt went through, I certainly do understand what an addiction or um, an illness can do to a family unit. You know, you find ways to work around it. You find ways to compensate for it. Uh, you try to make allowances and understandings um, for the person you love and, and, and their shortcomings, right? And, and their, their, their battle. Um, but it, it does steal. It does take from everybody. Uh, so that was part of the reason why my eldest sister did not live with my birth mom. Um, because their mother, like I said, our grandmother was fighting this autoimmune illness and it came to a point where they thought she was going to die. And my mom felt like the only thing that could help her live um, was having a baby to look after something so vulnerable and innocent that she had no choice but to find the strength somehow to help and to take care of this child. And that is why my eldest sister um, lived with my grandmother um, and why she and I never lived. We've never lived in the same house together. We are grown women with our own families now, but we don't have those sister stories of you know, fighting over the bathroom or stealing each other's clothes or, um, you know, liking the same boy or being annoying or, or teasing or telling, oh, if you don't do this for me. I'm going to tell mommy about, I saw you kissing this person. We, we don't have any of that stuff. We have none of that. We were more friends than we were sisters. Um, and we're still learning how to be sisters, um, even today. So it is, uh, it's been, that's an interesting dynamic. If you guys get a chance, you know, I had a podcast up, uh, when I was doing this set about, um, learning about my siblings, right? It was called Sibling Diaries. Um, and initially I took it down because, uh, you know, I thought, do people really care about this? Like, this is more pertaining to me and my my family. It was interesting stuff. But again, it was, I felt like maybe it was only interesting to us, you know, those of us who, you know, our family and things like. But to the average, everyday, regular human being living their own lives, what did my siblings and I have to offer to share? Um, but now as I'm talking about, you know, my mom and my sister and our dynamic and things like that, uh, a lot of those, a lot of these things, which I'm talking about right now, were flushed out a little bit more, um, in that podcast. Um, so I might just repost it and put it up there for anybody who would like to hear it. Um, it might answer some more questions. You might get a little bit more insight of the things I was talking about, um, if you care. <laughs> so I will post it again. It's called, uh, Sibling Diaries. Um, 
what's your favorite color uh, with Lena. And um, you'll be able to hear from there. And I've got another segment with uh, my younger sister as well. Um, and she is my younger sister, but we, she is my aunt's daughter, right? But she's my sister because I am, my aunt is my mom and my little cousin who is, feels so foreign, those words even falling out of my mouth because I mean, yeah, she's just my sister. I cannot ever see it any other way. Um, yeah, but she's on she's on there and we're talking and you know talks about our relationship and our dynamic as a family um as well but yeah thanksgiving i said all that to get back to thanksgiving thanksgiving is a wonderful time and I, i'm looking forward to it i um i'm thinking about what am i gonna cook right what am i gonna cook my mom my birth mom she used to make this dynamite pate um, it was super good with like this, I think it, I don't know if it had cognac in it or something, maybe a brandy or maybe it's a white wine. All these liquors have such different, you know, well, one wine and two liquors, different tastes, of course, but, uh, I'm blurring right now because it's been years, I mean, years since I've had it. You know, my birth mom has since passed away. Uh, she died back in 2012 um, as a result of her alcoholism. Well, I should say complications of how they would put it on her birth certificate would be that she was an alcoholic and she died of complications of uh, sepsis, right? Um, yeah, that was a, that was a hard, that was a hard time. That was a hard time. I mean, mm. yeah, I don't know if I want to get into that right now. It was, um, cause it's long, right? It, of course it is emotional for me, but more so it, it's long. Like I'd have to back, I will do a separate podcast about my mom. Um, but basically she would make this awesome pate and it was so delicious. And listen, I don't like pate. I think it's gross. Um, just the thought of it. If you don't know what pate is, it's like chicken livers. Some people use goose livers, you know, but it's livers, chicken livers basically. And it's, they're ground down and, and they're cooked and made into this, I don't remember how she did it. I think, they were sauteed in like this butter sauce and all this other stuff. And then after that, then they're, you know, broken up and then they're pretty much blitzed in a food processor to get it this crumbly, you know, soft consistency. And then you're mixing it with all this other stuff. And um, it smells super fragrant, super delicious. And you try to get your head off the fact that it's chicken lovers. But after a couple glasses of wine or at that time I was having some moonshine, <laughs> uh, because we were in North Carolina, so you had to get used to moonshine um, at that time down south. And you'd have this moonshine, and at that point, you were nice and ripped and happy about everything, and you're willing to try anything once. And so I had the pate on this delicious water cracker, and 
it was dynamite. I got I to tell you, it was dynamite. I do recommend, hey, try pate at least once. At least once you got to try it. But around the holidays, it has this special um, meaning. So my mom would make this awesome pate as an appetizer. Of course, we'd have our, our drinks and we'd be playing cards. We love playing cards. Uh, our favorite game to play was spades. Uh, so we'd be playing some spades, having some drinks, moonshine. My mom would have maybe some whiskey. She loved a good whiskey. Oh, this woman loved her whiskey. Um, she'd have white label, uh, Doors, I think it is, Doors white label. Sometimes she'd have something called Canadian mist. Um, if she wanted to be really fancy, she'd have like, I think, what is it, maybe... For those of you who are true alcohol connoisseurs, don't hang me if I get this wrong. I think Johnny Walker Black is, uh, you know, up there with the the liquor uh, that she would have. I mean, and my elder sister, my oldest sister, I should say at this point, um, became a true Johnny Walker connoisseur. I mean... I, I didn't know there were so many different colors for Johnny Walker and my sister would like run them out. There's blue, there's black, there's green, there's red. Um, I think there might be even a gold or something. I'll have to ask her the next time we speak. But um, yeah, Johnny Walker. So that would be on, that would be at the table. And, uh, <laughs> you know, sipping and going around and things like that. And uh it was just such a festive period, you know? And of course, then we start talking about what we're going to have um, for Christmas and what's the plans for that. Uh, so, yeah, it was, it just would kick off the evening and all the while, you know, you've got your turkey cooking, you've got your sweet potatoes going, you've got your mashed potatoes going. Um, the stuffing was prepped and stuffed into the turkey. And then we have a separate plate of stuffing that has been baking in the oven. Um, what else? You know, your cranberry sauce. But we like whole cranberry sauce. Um, or what was... Oh, and a good macaroni and cheese. I don't know if everyone eats macaroni and cheese. And I know it can be heavy sometimes, but a good mac and cheese is so delish. And I actually found this great recipe recently. Um, the best homemade mac and cheese ever. And when I say it's dynamite, it was dynamite. It had like Gruyere cheese. It had cheddar cheese. There was some Swiss cheese mixed into it with, you know, some heavy cream. And then you would put some panko breadcrumbs on top, um, which just sent it like over the moon. And I actually made it not with elbow macaroni because uh, in the States, usually you make it with an elbow macaroni. But I decided to use the... um the large shells, you know, they kind of look like, um, like little, not seashells, but uh, I'm, I'm failing to explain this well, but it's like a little bit of, um, a diamond maybe, or like an oval shape, a pasta shell, but it's got a mouth. It's like a little mouth open. You know, it's like the shells you would use if you were doing stuffed shells there. Okay, the same shells you use to make stuffed shells, but they're miniature version. Um, not the long tube shells. I'm talking about the, the bigger ones, right? So that is what I use for the, the macaroni. And it was so good because as you were eating it, that little mouth on the shell would like couple and catch some cream and cheese from the macaroni. And as you're eating, you just get these burstings of like mm, flavor. So it was so good. So good. Um, if you guys are interested in that recipe, I'll be happy to uh, 
uh, let you know where you can find it and let, uh, do reach out and let me know. Um, but you know, there would be macaroni and cheese and what else? Sometimes, uh, my mom would make like a piece of meat on the side, like not turkey, uh, like a, a roast or something like that. Cause not everyone likes, you know, turkey. Um, never ham though. She, you know, ham was always for Christmas. She didn't do, um, ham during Thanksgiving, but, uh, oh, and in our community, you know, a, a good collard green, you'd have to have, you had to have something green. Um, whether it's, like I said, collard greens or a spinach or a string bean or uh, asparagus or Brussels sprouts. It had to be something green also on, you know, on your plate. So, or broccoli, whichever. Um, I'm, I'm getting excited, I'm like banging things around in here. But I get so happy talking about food and then be like cornbread or bread rolls. Either way, it would be this huge smorgasbord of just food everywhere and that was one of the best things even flashing back now thinking about my grandmoms you know the the snaking chain around the the main table with all the food or the plates being passed around and like this orderly function of um <laughs> procession you know you you start at one end and you pass your plate to one person and they load it up and then they pass it to the next and you just stand in place and by the time your plate comes back around the table right it's given back to you and uh, you just run off and go eat your food <laughs> and especially as a kid they wanted you in and out as quickly as possible so you weren't like taking up space and then after that after dinner um, the best thing was dessert, right? The dessert table, which you just could not help but salivate over. I mean, there were pies galore. There was bean pie, apple pie, pumpkin pie, sweet potato pie, which is the absolute best and favorite. Banana pudding. Um, there would be a fruit cake. Um, and when I say fruit cake, it would be like a, like a two layered, like a yellow cake um or a white cake like angel food cake and then they would have um all these fruit cut up like so like strawberries and kiwi and blueberries um what else strawberry kiwi blueberry and another was there grape i don't recall if there was grape but oh i think like a raspberry and a blackberry right so it'd be all mixed up together and and it was like honey mixed with the with the um the fruit and then that would be layered so instead of frosting and things like that well this is what my cousin did to reinvent this so it, originally you would just have the fruit um it'd be cake fruit cake fruit at the top right so stack like that my cousin um years and years later she would recreate this to like blow her mind she would do the same thing with the cake, but then she would layer it with like a nice um, vanilla pudding. Um, something that was non-offensive, not overly sweet, that would not take away from the deliciousness of, of the fruit, but would add an extra bit of moisture. And so she would put that in on top of the cake, then the fruit, then the other top part of the cake, then more of the pudding, and then fruit on top. And it was just dynamite. I mean, truly, truly fantastic. Ah, what a, what a joy that was. I absolutely made myself so hungry you know uh what a crime what a crime so anyway i have weeks to prepare but i've just 
jaunted down this memory lane of food and, and stories, um, rambling to my namesake, apparently. Uh, and I say all that to say, I have to plan and prepare. So I need to think. Uh, my man does not truly care for turkey. So I may make individual little beef wellingtons, right? That might be a way to go for him, to win him over. Uh, you know, beef and these like puff pastry dish, um, which is dynamite. So maybe make a few of those on the side for him. And maybe get a small turkey. I could even cheat and get a, a whole chicken instead because, listen, it's just me and the kitties and I don't know... You know, it'd be a shame to cook a huge turkey and go to waste. What are we really going to do with it? You could do turkey pot pie. You could, although that's the thing with Thanksgiving, right? You can keep eating off of that blasted turkey for a while. It's like, I remember seeing this comic of this kid and he's got his friend at his house and they're standing looking in the refrigerator and the kid says, yeah, we've been eating off of him for weeks now and he still just keeps having more meat there. I, I don't know if this thing is ever going to die. It was just the funniest thing because it's so true. With turkey, you can make uh, turkey sandwiches, turkey pot pie, uh, turkey soup. Um, what else? Uh, gosh, a turkey salad. Like <laughs> There's so many things you can do with this freaking turkey. And then after that, you can use the bones to make a broth for something else later on. So yeah, turkey. <laughs> it can last forever. Um, the skin though, you can only eat the skin when, it, when it's crispy. After that, it's trash. You know, give it to the dog, you know, but watch his belly because, you know, that's going to cause some bathroom situations. Um, or your, or your cat, give a little bit to them and let them celebrate the holiday, but not too much. But, uh, yeah, I may be just a small chicken. Uh, because why waste, you know, a big piece of meat like that? I'm uh, not having any family come down this year. Uh, so COVID, yes, still, even though we're vaccinated, it's still like uh, such a treacherous situation, you know. So I think everyone's just going to celebrate on their own uh, this year. So we'll see. Uh, how that goes, but we'll be passing around ideas of like what to do. Maybe we'll FaceTime a bit uh, to say happy Thanksgiving to each other and see each other's uh, uh, tables of food and plates and things. So I look forward to that. But uh, yeah, anyway, I've got to think of a menu. And I hear that a lot of the produce and things uh, are right now really hard to get and, and expensive. So the people are saying, listen, if you, if you really are planning a particular meal for Thanksgiving, you really have to start stocking up now, um, you know, the supply chain and everything like that. So I have to really think about what I want to do so I have everything I need, because I certainly don't want to have my stomach excited and my mouth waiting for food that I can't have because I didn't plan. Uh, that is the absolute worst when your mouth is fixed or something delicious, right? And you just can't wait to get hold of it. And then it's gone or it's run out or, um, you know, you're not going to get it anytime soon or whatever the case is. When you go there, it's like slim pickings or it's not the best pieces that you would have, you know, gotten for yourself and you have to settle. So nobody wants to do that. Um, so I'll have to see. I need to start uh, making plans. But yeah, I'm excited. All of that started because <laughs> I'm looking outside at the leaves and um, Thanksgiving is in the air in my mind. So I hope 
if you do celebrate Thanksgiving, that you guys are going to have great plans for Thanksgiving and um, drop me any information about your plans. Yes, that high-pitched squeal was my son busting into the office to show me that he was completely soaked because he's been playing in the bathroom sink, um, supposedly giving one of his Legos a bath and using his toothbrush and half the tube of toothpaste on this Lego to brush his teeth and apparently the rest of his body and wash him in the sink. So sorry for that uh, loud squeal. Obviously you need some oil on that door as well. But um, as I was saying, please do send me any information you guys are, are doing for the holiday. If you celebrate the holiday or you know what? I love food in general and hearing about people's cooking and, and new things they're making. And I'm always up to try anything new. So I'm not a big fish eater. I do like shellfish and all those other things. I'm learning how to eat more types of fish. So um, if you're a big fish person, you know, send fish recipes too. You know, it could be something uh, new I can try and, and enjoy. So um, I would love to hear from you guys. I always would love to hear from you guys. So drop me a line, if you will, at rail, R-A-I-L, the letter N, R-A-M, B-L-E at gmail.com. So that's real and ramble at gmail.com. Um, otherwise, keep listening, guys. I love talking to you. Um, I hope you like listening to me uh, for all that matters. Um, I will post that um, previous podcast I mentioned to you about um, my siblings. Um, maybe it'll be something that's of interest to you. And um, I will eventually post something talking about my mom and uh, her story because it is interesting. It has helped me um, as I've grown and, and try to think about the things that are important in my life as well um, and, and the choices I make, right? Because everything is about your choices. I mean, everything. Um, I once heard someone say, you are the prophet of your own life. Every choice you make uh, has gotten you to the moment you're in right now. And I used to disagree with that because, look, there are, like, there's no way I made a choice that would lead me to A, B, or C. But in one way or another, it was something, a decision and a choice that, that led you down um, a path that eventually got you to where you are right now. Um, and that's a whole nother podcast because, boy, I have a lot to talk about on that one uh, for sure. So um, anyway, drop me a line. It's been fun talking to you guys as always. Um, and I will catch you next time right here on Rail and Ramble. So guys, it absolutely just occurred to me as I was listening to this playback, I made such a ridiculous mistake when I was talking about my mom and her passing. And I said, you know, if uh, the causes of her passing were, you know, alcoholism. And then I said, well, you know, if it was on her birth certificate and duh, it should be her death certificate, right? Um, that she passed away from uh, complications associated with alcoholism, which again was the sepsis. So, I just could not let that one stand. I, it was, you know, 
such a what they call it um mind fart so um or brain fart so um yeah i had to clear that up okay talk to you guys later la 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 la